And it's going to be a special Thanksgiving for Danielle Smith because on Tuesday, she'll be sworn in as the new premier of Alberta, the 19th premier in Alberta's history, succeeding Jason Kenney. Danielle Smith won the United Conservative Party leadership race tonight uh, with a total of 53.7% of the vote to Travis Taves, who finished second with 46.23% of the vote. Um, it was relatively close. It went the full six rounds. It went right down to the end uh, in a rank ballot system where uh, the favorite was not or the person who finished last was knocked off in each round their second place votes redistributed um and it took a while for danielle smith to uh, get that 50 percent plus one but 50 percent plus one she did on that last ballot when uh, brian jeans votes his second place votes were redistributed it pushed her over the top uh her victory speech was uh a long one in uh, she had a lot of ground to cover she thanked a lot of people But she also set the tone for what will be um, a slightly different, I mean, Alberta's premiers, uh, Jason Kenney, was not a non-combative premier when it came to uh, Ottawa and so forth. But uh, certainly Danielle Smith tried to set an equally um, firm tone this evening. Let's have a listen to some of what she had to say just a little bit earlier in her victory speech. No longer will Alberta ask permission from Ottawa to be prosperous and free. voices silenced and censored. We will not be told what we must put in our bodies in order to work or to travel. We will not have our resources landlocked or our energy phased out of existence by virtue signaling prime ministers. We'll chart our own destiny on our own terms, and we will work with our fellow Canadians to build the most free and prosperous country on earth. Danielle Smith there in her victory speech. Dave Breckenridge, the uh, managing editor of the Edmonton Journal and Edmonton Sun, host of the 10-3 podcast, is back with us. Um, If you've watched her campaigning in the last four and a half months, I guess tonight's speech comes as no surprise, but that was... uh, that had some some pretty targeted talk in there about um, vaccine mandates, about the prime minister, about Ottawa, about um, Alberta charting its own course, which may be harder to do than she says it is. But uh, what did you make of it? I mean, I'm not surprised that that was the tone of her first speech. There's a couple things that that had to kind of go on here. First, she has to set herself up as delivering on the campaign that she ran. Jason Kenney was voted out. You know, there were some people who were upset about his COVID restrictions. There were some people who were upset about pandemic management, but a lot of people were upset about him not being tough enough on Ottawa, even though we had a referendum on equalization, even though there were challenges of federal law in the courts, there are segments of the base who felt that Jason Kenney wasn't tough enough on Ottawa. So Danielle Smith comes in and we have the Sovereignty Act, which, you know, I, I get the sense she wants that to be her first piece of legislation. Um, I didn't expect any kind of different tone from her tonight. She she had to have all of those applause lines in her speech because that's how she campaigned. She has to take a shot at the Trudeau, not least sing Trudeau Alliance. She has to take a shot at you know, bureaucrats in the healthcare system for not listening to the premier, because that's who she was during the campaign. I think it would 
let down a lot of the people who rallied behind her and voted for her if she if she took a different tack. Is that how she's going to govern over the next six, seven months until the next election? I guess that remains to be seen. It remains to be seen what the Sovereignty Act is going to look like. But in terms of tone tonight, that's kind of what I expected to see from her. Um, combative with Ottawa, um, talking about freedom, talking about standing up for our oil industry, talking about all the things that she talked about during the campaign. For those of us uh, who aren't in Alberta, would you be able to explain the constant reference to virtue signaling and woke? Because it seems as dismissive in some ways, it seems as ludicrous, to be honest, as some of the uh, tar and feathering that the, that the liberals do to conservative politicians. It seems so facile and weak and silly. Uh, and I'm just wondering, has it really snuck into the, to the, to the, to the dialogue that profoundly that a politician who's just won a leadership race feels the need to use that kind of language? I, I mean, I, I feel like it's not just an Alberta thing. I, you know, you hear that kind of language when it comes to the prime minister as well from, from conservative politicians who aren't from Alberta. I feel right. like it's a line that plays really well to the base and the notice that the notion that, that politicians to the center left and the further left are operating under some woke ideology. It's a good, it's a good way to identify and separate yourself from your opponent. No, Right. facile and juvenile you know i sure the notion that that the trudeau is a virtue signaling prime minister when all of politics in a sense is virtue signaling like you know without getting into the partisan weeds here you can be if you're if you're saying something to your base that is speaking in language that they understand about causes that are important to them you're signaling some kind of virtue you, there are lines, Indeed. you know, we need, we need a, to give a hand up and a warm hug and have heart and compassion that matches the size of our mountains while also shrinking government and making life easier for Albertans. Like, it's, it's all signaling to someone's virtue. Indeed. Uh, it, it, was an, listen, it was an interesting speech she did uh, at the very end. She extended an olive branch to all her competitors in this race, including Travis Taves, which was probably an important thing to do when it comes to trying to unify the party. Easier said than done, do you think? I think it'll be a challenge. I think there are some facets of her campaign that rub people within the party establishment the wrong way, and that includes members of caucus, and that includes cabinet ministers. And I, you know, how will things go after tomorrow's caucus meeting? What will the tone be that she sets with her fellow conservative MLAs? I know she's not an MLA yet, but I, I guess that is the plan either in the short term or in six months' time. We'll see how she decides to handle the fact that she's not an MLA. But at the end of the day, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of talk about you know, like people disaffected uh, Travis Taves supporters leaving the party if Daniel Smith wins. Or I've heard people talk about, you know, disaffected Daniel Smith supporters leaving the party if Travis Taves somehow were to win. But at the end of the day, I feel like there's enough of a belief among party members that another NDP government would be bad for the province and so why would you split up the party to give them that opportunity? I think that's the one thing they learned after 2015 when you had this massive divide between the Wild Rose and the progressive conservatives, especially after Daniel Smith and a handful of her MLAs crossed the floor to join the PCs. There was this even bigger gulf, and there were people that were so upset with the PCs, they voted for the Wild Rose, or they parked their vote with the NDP for that election. But I, I feel like they learned their lesson 
that a divided movement lead could lead to problems for them down the line. Yeah, that they are their own worst enemy when it comes to that. Our virtue signaling prime minister, by the way, according to Daniel Smith, has already released a statement congratulating uh, her on her victory. I look forward to working with the incoming Premier Smith and the government of Alberta to build a better future for Albertans and all Canadians. And uh, let's see what she makes of this. We will remain focused on delivering concrete results for Albertans, including making life more affordable, growing the economy for everyone, creating jobs and fighting climate change while positioning Canada's energy sector and its workers to succeed in new global markets. We will also continue to build on the progress we've made to deliver affordable childcare to Albertan families and advance reconciliation. So that's that's the word from Ottawa tonight from uh, from uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. Um, is Rachel Notley happy tonight with this? Uh, do you think with this this win for uh, for Daniel Smith is that uh, it's going to be an interesting campaign next next spring? Yeah, I I think maybe not Rachel Notley, but you know, just reading some of the tweets, a lot of people are are making that claim that you know the Rachel Notley and the NDP are very happy tonight. That could be the case. They they could look at that speech tonight and look at some of the, the things that she said and think, if this is the campaign she's going to run, we have it easy. We're going to win in the spring. I think that it's premature to turn around and say that, you know, it's in the bag now. Daniel Smith proved she's a solid campaigner. She proved that in previous elections, too. She was on the verge of winning government all the way back in 2012, until things went off the rails. It was, for the most part, a pretty solid campaign. And I feel like to dismiss her out of hand at this point would be way too premature. Sure, in, in, <laughs> she could prove all the, all the naysayers right and run a disaster of a government, but she could prove them all wrong and, and keep a lid on, on the bozo eruptions as they became to be known around these parts. Um, to pick candidates who who aren't going to say stupid things on the campaign trail. She could keep party discipline, keep the party on message, and really go after the NDP in a way that I don't feel like Jason Kenney has been able to do over the last couple of years because he's trying to manage this pandemic. So we're out of the pandemic now. Daniel Smith has talked about no more restrictions and no more vaccine mandates and we're really focused on moving forward. What is the NDP going to attack her on? And I feel like Danielle Smith, with her experience in politics and her experience in radio and television, will have shots to fire back at them. And yeah, it'll be tougher and, and, for the NDP than a lot of people think. Yeah, and, and no record to be fought, really no record to be criticized for in some ways. She kind of comes in in that sweet spot where... Um, she doesn't have a record to defend necessarily other than the parties, but she wasn't, she hasn't been there for it. Uh, so she comes in with a bit of a clean slate. She's clearly confident and poised, which we heard tonight. And, uh, she's got her messaging down, which always, which is always tough to beat. Um, uh, I guess the truth will be in the next six months and then an election day. Breckenridge, thank you so much once again for your insight this evening. Much appreciated. I know we'll be talking about this for quite a while. Not a problem, Ben. Thanks.